Yeah, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, Glad to be back to our our, uh, normal, like the Monday schedule, the uh, daytime recordings are better for me in many ways. Um, Because we're both awake? We're both awake, alert. Uh, Yeah, haven't haven't had a busy day that I'm tired from, you know. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same reason I have a hard time uh, performing stand up at night because you're expected to be on at like bedtime. You know, <laughs> it's just like uh, I already spent it today, man. Give me a give me a nine a a nine a.m. spot if you got it. I'm with you on that. I don't personally like to be out after nine p.m. and so I hate anything that happens late at night. Um, even if I'm just supposed to be the one observing the performance, I'm kind of mad about it. So, uh, let alone actually oh, performing. For sure. For sure. For sure. And like I, the speaking of comedy, the place that I, that I do, uh, open mics at is <clears throat> a pretty high end comedy club. Uh, a lot of big names come through here, uh, the Tacoma comedy club. Give them a little, uh, give them a little plug there. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you uh, know I rob hashtag rob to do you. You definitely like to do that. You slip me the Assange. <laughs> uh, anyway, we we know the score. Yeah. But um, so when I do go out to see comedy, I always pick the earliest show. Like usually it's the seven thirty show or something like that, and then yeah. I have another one at ten. And uh, always. I can't do the late show. It's just too late. Yeah, I don't know what people... And those, anyway. the, the people who go to late night stuff, um, they're often people who have day, they have day jobs. I feel like I, I should be more adapted to the late night since I work as a bartender, but I'm not. Um, I hate it. Yeah, you know what my face... Speaking of the... Not to stay on the comedy thing, but like uh, they oftentimes will have like one early Thursday show... Uh, you know, like someone coming through town, um, say a Todd Glass or, you know, someone like that. And uh, then they'll have, you know, the early and late, both Friday and Saturday. But for me, like, I can see the appeal of going out on a Friday night because, hey, I don't have to work tomorrow, but I do work Saturday. Yeah. So there's no appeal there. And then Saturday night, I have parenting, so I can't go out. And uh, so Thursday's the best for me. It's just like there's fewer people there. It's early. I don't know. That's just that's my thing. If I if I can go to a Thursday early show to see one of my favorite acts come through, then that's that's usually what I try to do. That's the way to do it. Um, what it else? Is. What else is going on with you, Rob? Did you get soup this morning? Did I get what? Did you get soup this morning? Oh, soup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. I just I just got back from the soup place. It's always exciting. They've their summer hours. They're closed both Saturday and Sunday. What? So it's it's hard. It's hard for a guy like me who would live off soup if he could. But um, <clears throat> yeah. So Monday's always exciting because you know new week, new soups. Mm-hmm. I was there as they opened. They hang a big. They have a big like spoon. That's sort of their open sign. They hang it up when they're open. So I was there for that. And I said, well, it's official. The, the, the spoon's hanging up. So what I got today 
I, oddly, there were a lot of soups that I recognized from the previous Friday. Okay. So not necessarily the freshest soups, but um, I got, I chose the creamy Southern Greens, uh-huh. which is just delicious. And it was, they used uh, collard greens this time, but it's like a nice, it's got a little bit of an orange tint to it from some like chili powder, some, you know, stuff in there, but it's, it's pretty mild. Um, I would give it four out of four napkins. And I was, I was, I was uh, wavering on three or four, but the fact that I actually needed so many napkins bumped it up to four. Oh, okay. I see. Um, what's going on in Tacoma that a business closes on weekends during the summer? Does everyone leave town? Well, no, it's summer and it's soup. So I figured, oh. and, it, and their their shop front faces uh, west. Okay. So they get the brunt. They get the brunt of the hot afternoon sun. So I can, you know, I can see it from their point. Like, you don't want to stay in there all, you know. Or they'll even close early sometimes. Like they'll just put a sign on the door: "Too hot. We're closed. It's too hot." Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. Nobody's buying. No one's buying soup when it's ninety degrees. I mean, I am. But I'm a nut. Yeah. So, anyway. I'll have to talk to them about diversifying their offerings. Like, add, you know, a blender and do wheatgrass. Do something cold in the summer that would appeal to soup fans. And, you know, keep those bodies coming in. I think they're pretty set in their ways. Yeah. You're familiar with the soup Nazi from Seinfeld? Uh Uh-huh. They're way more low key than that, but they're like just as sort of the stalwart in their way of doing business. You know what I mean? Like they they only take cash. They don't take any cards. So I was in line with them. I was asking them just out of curiosity today. uh, Do you guys ever get like um, Uber Eats drivers coming in and picking up soup for people? And I hadn't thought about it before, but the fact that they only accept cash is a huge hindrance. Plus yeah. their uh, selection is ever-changing. And oftentimes, you know, if you call them up or look on their, I guess they have a Facebook page or something and see the list of soups for the day, you could have someone call an Uber Eats guy and say, oh, yeah, go pick me up the such and such. And then they get there and they sold out in the time it took the guy to get there. So it was just it's sort of a fiasco. So they're just kind of set in their ways. They're just old hippies that have dogs and just make soup. Fair. I mean, fair enough. Um, I just, I am always like, hey, if you're paying for a storefront, make the most out of it. I opened a coffee shop downtown Phoenix. Um, I It wasn't my money. It was someone else's money, but I opened it. And it was inside of an office building. And they the owners of the building were like, put a a coffee shop in here to help draw businesses like to say oh this building comes with amenities such as a coffee shop but what we did was we got to know the people who lived in the office tower um i got real friendly with everyone from all of the businesses and then we would cater our offerings to what they had because it's like uh, retail rent downtown phoenix can be between five and ten thousand dollars a month depending on the space and so you're like what can we do to keep people in the building spending their money here and not going anywhere else because we're already paying this overhead let's grind it out um 
you know, kind of like how now uh, it's football season and um, I'm working 10 hour shifts on Sundays. So I'm trying to sell my uh, football Sunday socks because I'm already getting my socks stinky, right? Because I'm, I'm working, I'm stinking up socks. I might as well monetize that by selling them oh, to perverts. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Oh, how, yeah. We'll see how it goes. But I'm announcing it now on the podcast that if you ever wanted to buy your favorite podcasters stinky socks, this is a good time of year to do that because I am really stinking up some socks. You could do like uh, from your mom's house, the Josh Potter cameo situation. <laughs> I could. He's doing so. He is doing really well making money off his feet. Um, well, he's really good at it. He's really good at it, for one thing. Yes, and I haven't – this is the first time that I'm opening up my celebrity uh, to go along with the foot thing because when they were talking about uh, foot fetishes on your mom's house and making money on your feet, I made a foot Instagram under a fake name, and I joined, like, this private group of mommies selling foot pics, and we were sharing tips (laughs) and tricks – but because um, I wasn't including my face or body in the pictures, people didn't want the feet pics because it doesn't have the personal connection. Um, so the thing is, people people want to see the whole person, not just the feet. And so Josh Potter is a celebrity, and so people want those feet pics. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a celebrity in my own mind, and if people uh, want to buy my socks, um, that's cool. Uh, if, I mean, if you want to pay for videos of my feet, that's also open for discussion. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be debt free by age 38. So, um, by any means necessary, you know? Yeah. Like Malcolm X. That's right. You're the the Malcolm X of feet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Is that problematic? We don't know. (laughs) oh mercy so what else let's see um and uh since the last time oh last time i was on for pup dates i believe that was the last one we uh i had the big bike tour coming out that's right how did that go it was awesome it was so cool the weather cooperated nicely it wasn't like oppressively hot right into leavenworth you can sometimes uh there's this orchard that's like the last leg of the ride right before you get into downtown Leavenworth, which is this like really kitschy, touristy um, mountain town um, in slightly eastern Washington, basically right along the mountain ridge there. Anyway, sometimes going through that orchard into Leavenworth, it can be like 110 degrees. And, what? Uh, in Washington? Yeah. Yeah, it gets it gets really hot on the east side of the Cascades. They have a, um, I guess you'd say a longer growing season. They get more heat hours than we do on the west side of the Cascades. Okay, much more coast coastal influence, um, so it stays cooler. We get more rain, and then on the other side, you know, the Cascades kind of act like a a barrier to all of that moisture and coastal influence that um, kind of comes in from the west off the Pacific. So all the rain and snow dumps on the western slope of the Cascades, and then it kind of depletes the clouds or whatever. So it's it's usually more sunny and warmer, um, even hot, drier 
uh, on the east side. So, yeah, it's, and that's why it's such a good, uh, this orchard is pretty awesome. It's kind of Garden of Eden-esque. There's you know, overlooking this river, I guess it's the Wenatchee River, and uh, it's just kind of perched up uh, on this little sort of plateau or what, not really a plateau, but it's sort of a, a flat spot up in the, up in the hills. And it's just, as far as you can see, fruit trees, pears, apples, um, the plums were already done, cherries were already done, but, um, they're really beautiful scenic, <clears throat> but the fruit does really well there because it loves the heat. Um, ah. unfortunately groundskeepers don't share that love of heat. So it was nice that it was only like, I think it was like, 85 rolling through there this year it was awesome it was such a release so that was great um the let me start with the bee sting uh anecdote okay the day before the day before i left to um to leave for the trip it was i won't get into it but we i left on friday camped friday night and then rode Saturday and Sunday. So Thursday, while I was at work, <clears throat> I was like using a hedge trimmer to cut some ivy along a walkway because ivy loves to grow over walkways. So I was doing that and uh, just going along minding my own business. So I thought, and then I felt this like, well, it felt like a sting <laughs> on the back of my hand. So I look at my hand, and there's a yellow jacket just going to town on the on the back of my glove. Oh, just like just the mandibles chewing away. You can see his little stinger. He's like pumping it. <laughs> it's just like ah, you jerk. Is okay. But, wait, uh, I, I have a lot of questions. Is a yellow jacket different than a bee? Yeah, it's a hornet. A uh, yellow jacket hornet. Okay. And they're not. They probably also make honey, but they're not. Um, they've never even attempted to be domesticated because they're ornery as hell. Okay. They're not very, they're not very, uh, domesticatable. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, I see him, I think I try and I smack him off or whatever. And then, but in my periphery, I see other flying insects around me. So I pretty much know what's going on as I stepped on a nest <gasps> and, uh, they're, they're all pissed at me now. <laughs> so I just, I, I basically just, shut off my you know hedge trimmer and just walked quickly back to the work truck hoping to kind of lose them in the uh you know 60 foot whatever distance that i had to travel and so i get to the work truck i'm looking down at myself there's still some on me Mm -hmm. and so i'm like brushing them off brushing them off but i want to like dive into the work truck right yeah. To get away from a possible death cloud. Because <laughs> I've had allergic reactions to bee stings before. So at this point in my head, I'm going, okay, am I going to, like, is my throat going to seize up in two minutes? Do I have to, like, go straight to the ER? Like, what's going on here? So I'm kind of freaking out. And uh, so I, I hop in the way, you know, I, I brush off as many bees as I see. I hop in the work truck, start it up. And as I'm pulling out of the driveway, I see, like, six bees flying inside the no! yellow jacket. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so I like throw it into park, open, you know, hop out. Uh, like I think I rolled down the windows or whatever, uh, you know, just trying to shoo them out. And uh, so I think I got most of all of them out or whatever. I hop back in and there's still like three bees in the, <laughs> in the cab of the truck with Fuck. me. 
but at this point I can't really, I'm already on the road and there's no place to just like pull over unless I'm just going to stop in the middle of the street and, you know, act like a weirdo. But, uh, so I kept going, I had the windows rolled down. I was trying to shoot them out. You know, I think I saw, I watched two of them fly out of the truck. Um, but, uh, so I get down to the ground shop, park the truck and, uh, there was still one flying around. So I, I get out of there as quickly as I can. I'm just like freaked out about getting stung another time. It, it turns out I got stung on the back of the head as well. Yeah. Um, so two stings on that one. But so I get out of the truck and uh, I notice there's one like rolled up in my shirt even that I'd been driving with the whole time, just like rolled up in my shirt. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, get away from me, stupid bitches. So that was the day before I left to go on this ride and uh i wasn't sure how i was going to react there's like usually swelling involved you know it was on my hands so i was like am i going to be able to like grip a handlebar if this swells up and all this stuff was that so, the only like, sting it, was the one on your hand no one of them got me on the on the back of the head okay. as well okay like just under the just under my cap i guess you'd say um and i dug the stinger out later that uh, night i was like i was feeling around in there just the lump because it it swole up like i got hit on the head with a you know with a two by four yeah. or something i got like a, a goose egg um so i was kind of feeling around and i felt this little hard thing and pulled it out and sure enough it was the the, <laughs> the yellow jacket stinger <laughs> so i put it on a necklace and i wear it around my neck to ward off other yellow jackets did you really do that you didn't do that no you couldn't do that it's too small but um so anyway so i'm kind of like it freaks you out for, for me at least yeah. like for the next 36 hours or so and not just psychologically but like there's a there's chemicals in your system and there's any there's histamine reactions going on and it's and it's like I just felt kind of on edge and like weirded out and just not right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But went through with it anyway, whatever it was, it was fine. My throat never closed up. Uh, Thank God. uh, There was, there was quite a bit of swelling, um, but it wasn't too bad. So the, the next day I was going to carpool with a couple or with a one old writing buddy and one her writing buddy that I hadn't met yet. We're going to carpool to Cleelum, which is, you know, like, I don't know, 60, 70, 70 miles away or something like that. So I took the took my bike down to the bus station, threw my bike with all my camping gear. Oh, no, I, no, I sent my camping gear up with someone else. Thank you. So I just showed up with my bike, threw it on a bus, uh, took my, took the bus out like it's 10 miles out to my friend's house. Um, rode to her place. We all loaded up the minivan, drove out there. That first night there was camping. This was the really cool part so that you don't have to um, drive that 70-mile journey the morning of the ride. Uh Um, They set it up so that you can camp. It was like the senior center um, that allowed to, or agreed to let us all, you know, camp on their ground. So we found a cool spot in this little community, fenced off community garden area, which was, which was pretty cool. We pitched our tents in there and uh, I don't know, woke up. There was a shower truck, which is, which is always nice. Whoa. Like yeah. Mo- fancy. Mobile. 
Yeah, it's like a, a trailer that is towed behind a semi, and it's got like a men's side and a women's side, and there's like, you know, like seven shower stalls on each side, hot water, the whole the whole thing, you know? It's really cool. Um, so we did that, ate breakfast. They served us breakfast, and then we got on our way, and it was, it was all pretty smooth that first day. You know, the, the climbing was a little rough, but I had been on that route before, so I knew what to expect, but I was also really out of shape. So I was, like, a little apprehensive, like, am I going to bonk or poop out? <laughs> am I going to be a wuss? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was fine. It was all it was all nice. There was even a bit of a tailwind that morning leaving Cleelum. It was almost like you could just spread your arms and like act like a sail and just get pushed along kind of. So it was like, Oh, this is great. (laughs) But, but you know, in the back of your mind, you're also like, I hope this wind changes direction by tomorrow because (laughs) I'm going to be coming right back through the same way. Going the opposite direction. That's just cycling life for you. You're very cognizant of wind direction and speed mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're on a bicycle because you don't know it when you're in a car, but man, it really does infl- you know, have yeah. an impact on that stuff. But anyway, so it was, it was all good first day. Um, let's see, was it the first day? I think it, you know what? I think it was that first day at lunch. It was the first day at lunch. They have, um, you know, this Rotary Club sets up, you know, a food station. They were serving, oh, they had like sandwiches, salads, soup, all this. It was really good lunch. And, uh, you know, there's all these like um, picnic tables set up with um, canopies over them, you know, just sort of a hodgepodge. They, they kind of group them in a big clump. But it's just sort of like wall-to-wall picnic tables and stuff. And so there's all these writers eating their lunches there. So I sit down, and um, I'm eating, just conversing with the people around me. And a guy, I was watching this yellow jacket fly around this guy a couple tables away. Um, And the yellow jackets love to, like, get at your food, especially meat. Mm -hmm. They'll just, like, they'll just, like, hover around and kind of nibble on it and then fly away. Um, but this guy was talking to his buddies and he's holding a sandwich in his hand and just kind of nonchalantly taking a bite now and then. Mm-hmm. And this yellow jacket, I watched this yellow jacket hover around his sandwich, land on the sandwich. And then the guy goes to take a bite of the sandwich. No. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, 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 guy, hey, no. And I was like telling the people around me, I couldn't, the, the, the tables were so close together, I couldn't physically go over and say, yeah, and slap it out of his hand or anything like that. So I'm like, hey, that guy, uh, tell that guy not to take a bite. No. And people at my my table are looking and they all see what's happening, right? They see the yellow jacket. Yeah. And, uh, and the guy takes a bite. And I'm like, no, oh, God, no. Having just been stung, I can only imagine what it would be like to get stung on the inside of the mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm watching this tra- this tragedy unfold. And I'm just like, no, God, I've got my, my hands on my head. <laughs> no. And the guy just, um, you know, he didn't have any, he didn't even hear the ruckus the commotion that we were making at this table. One one lady actually like did hop up to try and stop him from taking the bite, but she was too late. 
And the guy just, uh, he didn't even realize what had happened. He just ate a yellow jacket and he didn't even notice it. He ate it? He must have just, been, he must have just crunched it up and swallowed it. And he didn't even know. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a table full of people freaking out. <laughs> Ten feet away from him. <laughs> Completely oblivious to all of it. He probably just but, thought you were aggressive vegans who were like, no, don't eat the meat. Not the, not the salami. They had a vegetarian option. <laughs> you monster. Oh, my no. God. So that was, the, that was sort of the big highlight of that day. Oh, but then that night. Okay, so we get into the we get into town probably like one thirty in the afternoon, and they have like a dinner that's scheduled for like six p.m. or something. So once you check in and like get your tent set up, it was camp. We were camping at a on a middle school campus or uh-huh. school ground, um, and so once you get your camping stuff set up or whatever, you're basically on your own for like four hours to just like wander around or whatever. So I had a kind of a good time just kind of chilling in touristy downtown Leavenworth and uh, seeing the sights and people watching and whatnot. And then, you know, we went to the dinner. It was fairly unimpressive as usual. <laughs> they have a beer garden afterwards, but I was like, you know what? I'd rather just get a six pack of beer and go back to the middle school yeah. <laughs> and drink there, just like old times. But, um, Did you drink when you were in middle school? No. <laughs> no. That's really there odd. Was a times, there was a couple times I remember where, like, a group of four of us would, like, after school go over to one kid's house because his parents had, like, wine coolers in the oh. fridge or something. And he would, like, go get a Bartles and James um, spritzer, and uh, and we'd all, like, share it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but, no, there, was, there wasn't any drinking until high school for okay me. yeah but anyway so we're hanging out we had a good time we went down to the river and hung out watched birds watched ravens do their evening thing which was fun um and then so everyone's like the sun's going down it's like nine maybe about nine fifteen. these two kids walked through the middle school grounds and they, they come up to us or the, you know, they're just talking to sort of the collective group that could hear them. Hey, do you guys know uh, where cops and robbers is? And everyone is like, son, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) We're just here on a charity bike tour. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, Oh, it's just this thing. Uh, Yeah. Every year the incoming freshmen are the, robbers and the incoming seniors are the cops and uh we all start from the from the middle school um property and we have a like a a target destination so um you know once they blow the buzzer or whatever all the the robbers the incoming freshmen leave on foot to go in this case it was a place called um really dumb german themed pun uh, I'll maybe I'll think of it, but anyway, Der Burger House, we'll, we'll call it or whatever, yeah. which is about a mile away on the uh, across town on the other side of town. So these these uh, freshmen have to get there on foot, and then the seniors are driving around in pick, big old country boy pickup trucks looking for them, uh-huh. driving through the neighborhood and whatnot. And if if they get spotted, the kids have to hop in the back of the truck 
And once the truck's full, um, it brings them back to the schoolyard for another round, basically. And if the round's still going, the truck will go back out looking for more robbers, right? Uh-huh. So this went on for like three rounds. And uh, it seemed actually really fun. Like, yeah, I'd never it sounds heard of anything fun. Like this. It was, it was, I was worried that it was going to be more of a hazing kind of a thing or something. But um, aside from them, uh, you know, seniors in high school driving like <laughs> like complete yahoos and yeah. pick, open pickup trucks with like a bunch of ninth graders, like six ninth, grade, ninth graders in the back. <laughs> Probably not the safest, but, you know, country boys will be country boys, I guess. But it was super fun, it seemed like, and uh, I was worried it was going to go on too late because it was like they were still going back for a third round at like 10.30 or something. And it was like, dude, I I caught one robber as he was leaving. I was like, is this going to keep going on or what? (laughs) He's like, oh, this is the last last one. I said, okay, great. I think I was letting him in to use the restroom or something at the middle school. But uh, so they finished up. That was interesting, but, um, yeah. And then the next day there was another breakfast and the ride back, which was long and grueling. There was a headwind foreshadowing back there, all back. The headwind basically lasted all day. And, uh, once we reached the summit, um, of the pass, you know, Mm -hmm. you're thinking, well, it's all downhill, you know, Technically, it's downhill from here, so should be easy peasy, right? Just basically coast. The wind was so strong that it was basically pushing you to a standstill, even though you're going downhill. That's like, too you strong to of a work. wind. You had to work. It was really, I mean, it was bending all the, you know, you could see the vegetation and stuff just like bending over in the wind. So it was right in our faces the entire way, you know, second half of the day. It was really grueling. You're working super hard to go like 11 miles per hour downhill, which was <laughs> just ridiculous. But, you know, you don't want to make it too easy. Yeah, so, I guess. I know. So that was, that was the ride. It went pretty well. And then so that day, you know, of course, after the ride, you, you can take a shower from that cool shower trailer, and then it was time to take off. So I coordinate I, I had someone else take my camping gear and then put my bike back in you know my friend's minivan and she unbeknownst to me she was giving her friend a ride back to the some other place like by Mount Rainier and uh, <clears throat> uh anyway she was trying to get me back to her place before the last bus you know the bus that I took up to her place yeah um left but it's sunday schedule so we didn't get there in time it was no big deal but i i ended up riding another 10 miles home from her place after driving for a couple of hours so oh, that was a 70, not a 70 mile day for old robbie which That's was my longest ride of the year longest ride of the year for sure but i don't know all in all it went well and uh i was oh i was like a safety like a support rider volunteer so i was you know supposed to fix flats or whatever if anyone had any problems there wasn't a single flat or i saw one but um one of the car support people was already taking care of it so it was like i didn't have to do anything <laughs> to to do my free ride get my volunteer status it was nice nice so bike riding nice. you recommend it 
Oh, if you hadn't known this about me, Sydney, yes. Yeah, I'm just I, speaking I for the listeners. Are we telling them to go ride some bikes? I think they should go ride some bikes, okay. even if it's just to the store. Yeah. Here's the thing: most trips, most trips in cars are two miles or under, mm-hmm. and like just to the store and back or whatever. It takes you like ten minutes to ride two miles on a bike. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. So I mean, so many trips, and it's so much more enjoyable, you know. To, to ride a bike than drive. I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you this. I used to live in Tempe, Arizona before I moved to New York. And when I lived there, it's a college town. And I, I, I worked 20 miles away from home. So I drove to work. But other than that, I never operated my car. I either biked or roller skated everywhere. And um, <laughs> I loved it. Um, but, um, when I moved back from New York and I moved to downtown Phoenix, it's not a bike friendly city we don't have bike lanes drivers we have some of the worst drivers in the country and um and uh, they don't look for bikes or respect them and so um i, I kind of got out of the habit um but i'm in the suburbs right now and i'm actually putting new tubes uh in my bike tires this week because now that i'm in the burbs it's safe safer to ride um safer. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, some places are better than others as far as bike infrastructure goes. Um, Tacoma's not the greatest. About the best we have are, you know, painted bike lanes. Um, but that's not paint isn't safe. <laughs> Your cars yeah. can cross over paint really easy. <laughs> so it's not actual protection. But I don't know. Hopefully in time things will improve. But yeah, I'm kind of off. I used to bike around town a lot more. But I'm kinda of like you, I would rather not die. Um, so I, even if biking is an option, sometimes I'll still just take the bus or walk somewhere. Cause it feels know? safer. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. I just went through seven years of bike commuting, um, 10 miles a day, like 12 months out of the year. And so I've had my fair share of like driver angst. I've heard all of the slanders and slurs and you don't pay taxes. You're not supposed to be on the road. You're supposed to be on the sidewalk. No, you're not supposed to be on the sidewalk. You know, like drivers have no idea what the rules are regarding bikes. There are actual laws, (laughs) state laws regarding bicycles on roadways. But uh, drivers don't know them, but bicyclists do. Yeah. But uh, drivers always think that their opinion translates to the law. The law, yeah. They're always right, and they're because they're bigger and could kill you. That makes them right, and, and because they they're invested, you know, they've paid so much money. You don't pay, you don't pay car tabs. Who do you think repairs the roads? Drivers with gas taxes and car tabs. And it's like, listen, lady, if you think that gas taxes and car tabs are sufficient to pave the damage that's caused by all the cars, well, it's not. Yeah. Most of the money that pay, that's used for that comes out of everyone's taxes, whether you drive or not. So in actuality, non-drivers are uh, subsidizing your driving mm-hmm. more than you know. Like uh, even with vehicle sales, like the car sales, they say the average taxpayer pays a thousand dollars a year in these car subsidies that make cars cheaper to buy. No way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I mean, and also for keeping uh, gas prices artificially low, you oh. know, gas prices, gas should be like eight bucks a gallon. 
Yeah. But it's it's whatever it is free because the government subsidizes it because I mean what are you going to do if people don't have gas for their cars, right? Yeah. It's become such it's become such a fundamental, you know, part of our society. It's it's really gross. It's going to be a hard it's going to be hard to get out of it. Yeah, because like the way cities are structured and like just the economy, it it relies on cars. So if people can't afford gas, then everything's going to fall apart because they can't get to work to keep the economy uh, turning or whatever. So yeah, but I mean, before 1900, we didn't have cars. Mm-hmm. We did okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And roads. We had roads back in 1900. And before there were cars, people would just walk down the middle of the road. There'd be horse and buggies. There'd be people on bicycles. Yes, bikes were there first. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and and then the cars came, and the word jaywalker, that slander, was created by the car industry to victim blame people who were getting pedestrians who were getting killed by cars. Ah. So they said, oh. You must you must have just fell off the turnip truck if you think you can walk in the street, you idiot. That's yeah. for cars now. And so that's when that switch basically happened. And I don't know. It's too much to get into, but it's it's a real it is an actual conspiracy. <laughs> it's not a theory. Different big or companies actually conspired to make cars the predominant, you know source of transportation mode of transportation the single occupancy vehicle is you know (sighs) listen i'm guilty of it because i buy the smallest cars possible just to not have passengers um so (laughs) i don't want anything to do with your carpooling leave me alone um so yeah but anyway so then let's see and then just a few days ago, I went to the fair with the little one. Oh, I went to the my work. My work has an employee day every year where employees get free admission and like ten dollars in food coupons and like a couple free rides. Which a couple free rides isn't anything. So I went and I went and splurged for the uh, they call it a dizzy pass. It's a bracelet that you wear that you know gives you unlimited rides for that day. So we went and we well, first of all, we took the bus. There's a fair express shuttle that leaves oh. from the mall. So we <laughs> so we took the bus there. It was really convenient. And then um, just walked around looking at animals. We saw baby goats. We saw this pregnant goat that was, like, scratching its back on top of a bale of hay, like laying on this bale of hay and just kind of, like, doing that thing, just like that. Dogs do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the, the back. back scratch wiggle. Yeah, the back scratch wiggle. So this pregnant goat was doing that and um, kind of like leaned over too far to one side. And I watched it in slow motion straight up fall off of a <gasps> bale of hay. It was the oh, funniest thing I've ever seen. Poor baby. <laughs> and then had to pick itself up, you know. Yeah, walk <laughs> of shame. Big old, big old round pregnant belly, you know, made it even funnier. <laughs> Um, do you ride the rides at the fair or do you oh, get scared? Oh yeah, Papa got, a, Papa got a dizzy pass and we went on the crazy ride. Like my kid, like I've been taking her to this employee day for years now. And when we first started going, she wasn't tall enough to go on a lot of the rides. Like she 
she could only do like the baby rides, like the teacups and stuff like that. But now she's tall enough to go on all the rides. So she's been going on, like last year, she went on all the scariest rides she could go on, you Mm -hmm. know, like that she could possibly do. And uh, I went along with most of them. And then this year was the same thing. There was a few that I didn't want to go on with her, like the, uh, Oh, like the anti-gravity or something. It's the, the Gravitron. Yeah, the Gravitron. The Gravitron. It spins and it sucks you against the wall and then the whole ride like tilts, lifts up into the air and tilts, uh-huh. you know? And I was like, you know, it's it's a little too early in the morning for me for that one. Charlie, why don't you go on? <laughs> yeah. But later she, she talked me into going on pretty much all the ones that I was terrified of. The swings that like you get into, it's like a seat on a swing chair kind of thing. But oh, it's yeah, those like are fun. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, and they spin you around. There's one of them that goes like 100 feet in the air, though. Ooh. And it, uh, I did it last year, but uh, I kind of, I was like, I didn't want to go on it this year. I think I, I told her, ah, the line looks a little long. Let's go on this one over here. <laughs> did one of those. Yeah. But it was great. Went on the zipper, went on the... I went on one similar to the Gravitron. It's called like the spaceship one or something where like it doesn't lift up off the ground or tilt or anything, but it just kind of looks like this um, UFO. Mm-hmm. And then the hatch closes once everyone's inside. And it's the same principle. You Except the, it spins, obviously, and you know, centrifugal force uh, forces you against the wall behind you. But the wall is at like an angle mm-hmm. so that you can actually like creep up off of the floor and just basically sit five feet up on, on the wall, if uh, that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that was really fun. Um, I couldn't stop laughing the whole time and how ridiculous it is. <laughs> <laughs> just roaring laughter the whole time, right after screaming uncontrollably on the zipper, like 10 minutes before that. So the next day, my voice was pretty hoarse, I gotta say. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. all, all was a good time. Last week, so um, on the topic of fairs, so last week um, I there was no new episode and I recorded an episode uh, saying no new episode. I'm, my life's a mess. I'm uh, having a meltdown. Um, and the, the morning after yeah. I recorded that, uh, I left on vacation because uh, that's what you do when you have no money. But um everything was already booked and paid for and um we were going to see a band play on the santa monica pier and i told zach you know if we're going to california we're gonna we have to go to disney um and uh yeah and well we have annual passes so it's like it's free to go Uh, yeah 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 um and then we ended up we went to knott's berry farm and Six Flags. Um, oh, I love Six Flags. I love Six Flags. Well, let me give you an update. When's the last time you were at Six Flags? It was when Charlie was, we didn't know it yet, but Charlie, Charlie was like a little blastocyst. So she went on some really scary rides when she was about 32 cells. Big. Oh, okay. So about, 11, you know, 11, 12 years ago. Um. So Six Flags... Um, I had never been to Six Flags Magic Mountain, and um, it looks like they have not done any maintenance there in 
in 20 years. Um, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with um, abandoned videos on YouTube where they tell the history oh, of a no. structure and like they uh, then they show these abandoned buildings and Six Flags yeah. felt like that. Like half the structures oh. were being reclaimed by the earth. Um, more oh, than no. more than half the park buildings were closed down, and then the rides that were open were in re like really bad shape. We we rode a flume oh, wow. ride, which kind of like it was like a log ride but with boats, and you could see along yeah. the flume where it was like cracked and rusted, and like you know uh-huh. the flume pieces were starting to peel apart, and yeah. um, it just. I we didn't go because the roller coasters there are insane. They have some really insane ones, but I reached a point where I was like, I honestly don't want to go on any of these thrill rides because the ones that we've been on are in really bad shape, and I'm not in the mood to die at Six Flags. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was kind of a Six Flags was kind of a bummer. Um. And I mean, and the park was empty, so it was like a ghost town. So we just walked on to rides. Yeah, yeah, um, it's the best time to go when it's empty because you you don't have to wait in line. That's well, the best part. but then I was like, is it like this every day? Because it's just so so run down and like nothing is open it was weird it was bizarre if they don't get bought out by a different company and rehabbed i can see them going under because it just it needs like it needs a lot of love it needs an overhaul um but but we had a lot of fun at knots their roller coasters are also too scary for me but we rode all of them um Mm. Because when in Rome, uh, you know, they, I haven't been. I haven't. I used to live like ten miles from Knott'sbury Farm. Like I could take the bus there if I wanted to, uh, and pretty similar distance to Disneyland actually. So I frequented both of those places quite a bit growing up. Do, but I haven't been to Knott'sbury Farm in like twenty years or more. Do they have like roller coaster roller coasters? They have roller coaster roller coasters. Um, one of them, Hang Time, which opened last summer, uh, by is uh, regarded by roller coaster enthusiasts as one of the best roller coasters in the world. Um, wow. So they have really upped their game in terms of, yeah, their roller coaster. They have really great theming and a lot of really fun activities. Um, but on top of that, they have um, quite a few thrill rides. We rode, they have a thing that apparently, it, it was there when you went there. It's been there since the 70s. And it's it's a huge tower with picture like a donut around it. And you just sit in the donut and you and it takes you up to the top and then it spins and you overlook the whole park. Um, but it's uh. it's like 17 stories tall. Um, and that was the that was actually the ride that broke us where because I'm we're both scared of heights and you're in this thing where there's just a thin panel of plexiglass between you and the outside you world. You can see through the floor too. No, there's like um, it's steel, like the corrugated steel uh flooring, yeah. but it's just like okay. thin. It's just thin, welded together metal, and then like a <laughs> plexiglass uh window on the outside. And so you're sitting. It's like a bench that's like a donut, and it wraps around, so everyone sits and looks out. 
And uh, yeah. I don't like I don't like anything number one where I'm not strapped in. Like I want to be duct taped to a chair and then I feel safe right. on a ride. And so something when it, it goes all the way up 17 stories and then your guide says, Hey, now you can walk around. Feel free to walk around. And we were just <laughs> pressed against the seat. Like not, we couldn't even talk to each other. Uh, Zach was like, "Is this? Are we done?" And I was like, "Don't talk to me till we're on the ground. This is terrifying." Were there people, were there people other passengers, like going up and pressing their faces against the plexiglass, going, "Ooh, wow," or what? Yeah. Yes. Yes, there were. Um, <laughs> I, I just cannot. And some of the roller coasters there, like Hang Time. It's uh it you go upside down I think six times on it and Ugh. um you don't have a chest strap it's just a lap bar and so for me I'm like obviously there's engineers behind this who have deemed this to be safe um but I would feel a lot better if my entire body were strapped <laughs> down <laughs> like I just was like what about people who have I I know this one girl who she she's a plus size girl like her torso is plus size but she has the tiniest legs I've ever seen on a human being and I was like how would she ride this ride what if you have tiny little legs how's this lap bar (laughs) you're not just gonna slide out with your tiny little legs I don't know um but yeah Zach and I had kind of a a realization that maybe we're uh, we're just getting too old for these things well, if you like rides where your uh, your whole body is strapped down, I think that's very far. Has the Temple Grandin ride? <laughs> that is actually what I want out of a roller coaster. I want to be <laughs> Temple Grandin, and then I'll feel okay <laughs> for sure. Um, that's you just get in and they put a weighted blanket on you, and you just go to sleep. <laughs> that, that sounds like the best ride ever um yeah so that was we we had a really fun time uh it was a rough it was a rough trip because you know i i left having no money and being sick and then as soon as we got into california um zach's bank had to cancel his debit card because when we bought gas on our way out of town there was a skimmer on the machine so someone stole his card <sighs> And thankfully, no. thankfully, the bank caught it and canceled his card. But then we're in California and like I don't use credit cards like I cut them all up years ago and I'm just paying off debt like and so I don't have credit cards. I just have my debit card and there I have no money in the bank. And then Zach doesn't use credit cards and his one card uh, was canceled. Um, thankfully, yeah. he had cash on him. Um, and like our hotels had already been paid for and stuff. Uh, but it was a little bit worrisome because I mean, otherwise we would have had to, if he hadn't had enough cash on him, we would have had to come home and hopefully had enough, you know, cash for gas. Um, but yeah, everything worked out fine. And it was kind of a wake up call that maybe like he should have a credit card and maybe I should, um, next time they mail me a copy of a credit card I own, I should not cut it up. Um, and like, <laughs> use that to travel, um, just like as a just in case. Do you remember traveler's checks? Yes. How, I don't even remember how they worked. You got them at a bank. But yeah. I don't know, like, 
how they worked? I think it was because there weren't ATMs yet. Like, debit cards weren't a thing yet. Yeah. Um, so if you, like, if you didn't have a credit card, you could go to the bank, you would pay them for these traveler's checks that were basically the same as cash. I don't understand why. Cause you I'm could, not really sure how it worked. Uh, you could redeem them at credit. yeah. You could redeem them at businesses, but I think it was for if it's like you're going internationally rather than like bring cash with you and then have to go to like a money exchange in a foreign country. You could actually just pay with a traveler's check. I think I remember. I've never traveled internationally, but when I was a kid, I remember my mom using them on trips Mm -hmm. within the country. I don't know. Really? It's just one of those weird throwbacks. Yeah. I remember, I feel like I might have gotten traveler's checks for like a a drive across the country one time or something. I I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to look into this and get really get to the bottom of the traveler's check situation. That would be a great like 12 minute episode. Just like, what the fuck was up with Traveler's Check? <laughs> honestly, I sometimes I'm like, I wish I would have just kept the name of the show, Simone Che, because, like, the further we veer from sex, drugs, and spirituality, the more I'm like, <laughs> why the fuck is this show named that? Um, I yeah. mean, those are some good tenets of life, uh, for sure, but, uh, yeah. It does kind of pit, feels like it pigeonholes a little bit. But, it does a little uh, bit. Um, but it doesn't have to. I mean, you've, you've you've grown beyond the restraints of you know the the name of the show. I think people know what it is. Yeah. Plus, you like know? I, you know, I'm returning to the um, I'm returning to the format. I have an upcoming episode with a full time adult. I'm interviewing a full time adult baby. Um, I'm uh, interviewing a burlesque dancer. So like, uh, yeah, we're I we're we're staying on brand a little bit. Um, you should you should get a roller derby chick. Oh, I know one. I hate roller derby. Really? Oh, okay. I describe my I mean, personality as I'm well, also my activities, but I'm more roller disco than derby. Like <laughs> the roller derby chicks, I just like, why are you so tough and mean? And you, you like, you gotta, I don't know, it's just aggressive, and I'm so not, you know. But I guess oh. I could be like, I could interview a roller derby chick and be like, why, why are you so aggressive? I don't think they're all aggressive. I, I guess I only knew one, and she was she was a big sweetie. Oh, but that has... but she was kind of like she was the uh, like the linebacker or what you know like she was she's like six foot one, probably weighed like you know two seventy three hundred pounds something like. She was a big lady, and so she was Still a is. blocker. She was just the the goon, I think. Yeah. Like she didn't have super fast skills or anything, but you know, she was she was athletic. You know, she could get around, but she, it was mostly her size was intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she was like the biggest sweetheart of a person, still is. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so she's the only one that I've known, but she wasn't super aggressive. Huh. Yeah. Everyone I've I've known is it. like just so intense and. Um, I don't know. Not it's not a stereotype. Don't don't at me, gang. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. 
Anything else? Um, what, what else we got? I'm about to brew some kombucha. I just washed my glass jars out with vinegar, and they are drying. And I'm gonna start um, three batches of kombucha today, um, because I I used to brew it constantly, and then I kind of was like homeless for two. I mean, I had homes, but like with people who wouldn't let me brew kombucha in the house because it grossed them out or like just whatever. But now that I have a home again, uh, we're going to get the booch brewing and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about, that's about it. Um, how about you? Uh, I'm not a whole lot. I've just been cleaning all weekend. It's still my, this is my Sunday. But like my landlord uh, approached me last week, he's like, "Hey, I need to come come clean the radiators before I start up the boiler for the winter." Uh, so I'm gonna need to get in there sometime next week and, and clean the radiators. And clean the radiators? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. But <laughs> but the landlord wants to come in, so I was like, "Shit, I better clean some stuff." You better sweep up all those goes. beard hairs. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All those pot, so, all those tumbleweeds full of rogue beard hairs, you got to sweep them up. Yeah, grab a rake and a pitchfork. <laughs> By yeah. any means necessary, and then shovel them into the incinerator. I, I'm the Malcolm X of cleaning my apartment. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get canceled. People are gonna cancel us. I don't think mentioning Malcolm X is a bad thing. That's like saying you're the you're the the Babe Ruth of soup. I or something like that. Yeah. You know? No, listen. I love Malcolm X. I think everyone should read his autobiography. But um, I don't know if as white people we're allowed to compare ourselves to him. Um, well, mm, I'm that's scared. Going a little too far. I'm scared of everything these days. I'm scared I to know. say anything. The culture, and I'm not like, I'm not mad at young people. I am constantly impressed by young people and like the high level of emotional intelligence that the youth of today have. So don't think I'm some crabby person complaining about youth culture. I just feel like culture is evolving at such a rate that like I can't keep up with what is okay to say and what isn't. And so I'm always super worried that I'm going to say the wrong thing. And then maybe because things change so quickly, like what was okay to say two years ago, isn't okay to say now. And then something I said is going to get dug up and I'm going to get canceled and it's going to ruin my career before it's even taken off. There was, okay. Like, do you, do you remember? I went and saw Melissa Villasenor. Okay. Um, she came to Tacoma. She came to Tacoma like a month ago or something, and uh, her opening or her, her uh, feature act that she traveled traveled with. Uh, during her act, she was she was like apprehensive at the start of a joke. She even kind of said, "I'm kind of afraid to tell this joke," but whatever. And like she told the joke. And afterwards, or after hearing the joke, I could tell why she was, because it was kind of analogous to a joke that had gotten another female stand-up um, into a lot of hot water, like, just recently. Like, uh, it was this chick who made a joke. She said something, it was about 
triple X ten Tacion or what? He's the guy that got killed, right? Yeah, uh, sure. And I, so I guess the story is he got, and if it's not him, it's a different guy. But the story is he like went to go buy a car with like thirty thousand dollars in cash and got like robbed and killed for it or something. And the joke was something to the effect of, you know, bring a check. Yeah. Now I just, you know, something like, it was really innocuous, you know what I mean? But she got so much flack for it. And so to see this woman up on stage, like with that same apprehension before telling sort of a joke on a similar vein, I can't remember the the joke itself, but it it was fairly innocuous, but it did reference something dark. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's that tendency for people to glom onto the dark part and not recognize it for the lighthearted, stupid joke that it is. You know, yeah, I mentioned murder, but it's not a pro-murder joke. There just happens to be a murder that happens. You know, that's part of the setup or yeah. you know, whatever. I know. And also, like, comedy so. is a coping mechanism for a lot of people. And so to – it's – do we have to take – everything serious and treat everything in life with reverence at all times or like you know what I'm saying and like for example I make a lot of jokes about having been raped which I was raped it's my right to make those jokes and other other rape victims find them to be funny but some don't and like I don't know like are we just not allowed to like make humor about things any like you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that you can't make humor about other people's experiences or tragedy, but, like, can you make fun of your own? I don't know. Um, I get worried. Yeah, yeah. And then with that whole the SNL thing that just happened, that guy got dropped or whatever, like, that's got people freaked out. I was listening to, I like, a podcast called uh, Danish and O'Neill. I think that's what it's called. Um, and uh, anyway, they were... They had a guest on that was making some, like, um, kind of getting into some gray area on, like, Asian Asian stereotype humor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you could feel them, like, one of the, I think it was maybe uh, O'Neill was like, uh, hey, oh, hey, you can't, you know, you can feel him kind of, like, backing off of the, of the topic because they were discussing that SNL guy, I his name, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that people are a little uptight. Maybe it's not, maybe the humor isn't for them, but you can't nerf the world and make all jokes appropriate for all audiences. Imagine if you could only have rated G movies from now on. Yeah, it'd be you know? boring. That's And that's the slippery slope we're going to. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe we still have our movies, but we just don't let children in to see them. Yeah, that's the way it's been working. That's the way it's been working. Yeah, (laughs) and if if you don't don't like something, turn it off or don't listen or don't follow. Um, Because we have, I mean, more than any time in history, we have so much control over what media we're exposed to because this isn't the era of one movie showing at a time in the theaters and three television stations. Like, most people don't even, I mean, especially people under 30, don't even watch television anymore there are there's an entire generation that they just watch stuff on youtube and so more than any time in history you have control over what media you consume you aren't reading the city paper you're reading the specific websites you go to and so it's weird to in this era 
have such complaints over um i don't know what other people are saying i don't know it's weird it's a weird world it is my daughter is one of these young people she's probably the youngest person i hang out with Mm -hmm. and uh she's she's like this where she doesn't and she you know she's weird she watches ion she just watches like it's that channel that shows like back-to-back episodes of like um cis Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. She loves those procedurals, but uh, most mostly everything else is YouTube videos and stuff. Some really annoying ones too, I want to say. And so she's part of that generation, and she's like super PC. She's like aggro, like militantly pro everyone. You know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) So, um, but I cracked her up with a gay joke the other day oh and uh to get her with it was pretty good yeah but here's the angle I took. here's the angle I, took. I was describing i think it was like last thursday or friday or something i was um getting ready for work and i had the now i live literally across the alley from work so i had five minutes to go before i had to clock in right mm-hmm. and i'm like brushing my teeth and making sure i had everything i needed and everything and i hear a knock at the door and this is like 6.55 in the morning, right? And I don't live in the greatest neighborhood. <laughs> so immediately red flag, right? And uh, I kind of go investigate. I peek, I don't, I'm doing that thing where you like, you want to see the person, but you don't want to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe they'll just go away if they don't see that I'm here. But I also kind of want to make sure it's not like my neighbor going, hey, your, your cat, whatever, something. So um, I see this lady. She like, looks like a young lady, maybe in her 20s. She's got like a bouquet of hand-picked flowers in her hand. And she's just standing kind of like in profile, like just I see the side of her face or whatever standing at the door. And I'm sure she probably saw me, you know, milling around in the house. But I didn't. I chose not to answer the door. I was telling my daughter about this. I was like, no, what am I going to I was like, yeah, that was super weird, like what am I supposed to do? Like, first of all, I have five minutes before I need to be at work. So I don't have time for it. But also at the same time, I don't want to open the door and be like, yeah, no, sorry. I can't help you. I'm about to leave for work. Meaning the place is going to be empty in five minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of those kind of deals. So, but I was telling her, oh, unless I could have said, um, oh yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I can't help you. And I got to go. And I have to, go to work now but uh and my boy my husband is asleep in the other room so you know i don't can you keep your you know whatever yeah, i made a joke about yeah. the place is, is still inhabited by my husband and my kids started cracking up and <laughs> she's like you're the last person i would think of as gay because i'm just a big hairy guy I'm like yeah i'm this big hairy guy like imagine what my husband must look like was it <laughs> I'm picturing your husband, and yeah, it's very Sasquatchian. <laughs> it's like I'm the I'm the femme one. And yeah. I'm like, where, where do you go? Yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> you would be the femme in the relationship. Um, you're very you're you're lanky. You're lithe. You know. Oh, and I'm beautiful. And you're be- and you're very beautiful. Let's not forget that. So beautiful. So yeah. So beautiful. But anyway, I cracked. That's the best I've cracked her up, and I think it was because 
I was taking the approach of like pretending I was gay just to get my way or yeah. something, you know, like tell, tell them the lie that I'm gay as opposed to treating it like um, a stigma. Yeah. Being, being like, no, dude, I'm gay. Like, you can't, you know, whatever, just admit it. It, it conquered funny bone in a um, good way. So. Are, is it the best when you get your daughter to laugh? Do you feel like those are the, the best laughs that yeah. you get? I also appreciate the groans. Okay. I like the when I when I make a dad joke and she's like, Papa, that's kind of my favorite. <laughs> I have to say. I'm I'm kind of a button pusher. Yeah. I kinda like that. Um kinda yeah. Like that. Zach I feel like Zach uh he is the same way. He enjoys the more I'm like I'm upset or bothered or tell him to get away, the happier he is. Uh <laughs> I have, like, running jokes that have been going for years with her that just, you know, she sees it coming, she groans every time, I still make the joke. One of them is, um, like, I'll be at the cupboard getting, a, like, a can of, oh, no, wait, what, no, uh, it's with chicken strips. She's not vegetarian. And so I have, like, these uh, gluten-free chicken strips, you know, chicken nugget kind of things that I'll make for her from time to time. And uh, my the joke is that I'm staring at the package going, oh, chicken, kitten, kitten, chicken. I should have probably pointed out that I ironically call my 18-year-old cat kitten now oh. because it's, it's like calling a fat guy slim. Um, so, so I make jokes about the cat, the the elderly cat, like, oh, you're going to go play with your ball of yarn now? You know, like he's the farthest from playing with a ball of yarn. He just wants to sleep and eat all he wants. Yeah. So I have this joke where I'm like, chicken, kitten, as if I'm confused between the two words, right? <laughs> and then I'll say, Charlie, would you like some kitten strips? <laughs> it always gets the same reaction. I know she sees it coming. Yeah. Because there's a setup with like five seconds of me going, Chicken, kitten, kitten, chicken. Hmm. Charlie, would you like some kitten strips? <laughs> she's Papa, no. It's only the first time she's heard. <laughs> just running jokes just, are great. Yeah, just tormenting, tormenting that poor girl. That's the, just that's... like with the tether, the tether ball thing was kind of a similar deal. Yeah, like, when you yeah. were you were training. In competitive tetherball. Yeah, and I'd meet with them three days a week for about an hour at a time. Anyway, good times. Good times. I don't know. Um, well, I have to let uh, Zachary in the studio now because he's about to record an episode. Um, so we can tell everyone to have a happy hump day because I'm just going to put this shit up on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, so happy hump day and support the troops and uh, Team Rob, hashtag fan favorite, Scott doesn't support the troops. He said so in a tweet. He did not. Scott was in the military. Yeah, but I'll, oh, I'll, I'll forward you the tweet. He said, I don't support the troops. The troops support me. That's, that's Scott. That's, that's your true. Scott, everyone. That's your Scott not supporting the troops. I say support all troops. Hashtag 
King Ron, hashtag fan favorite. All right. I'll have to have him back on to argue that point. Happy hump day, everyone. <laughs> Happy hump day. <laughs>